A beautiful evening to go racing here in the heartland. Real strong last week. Keep it going. See what we can do. Nice to win this race last year. I'd like to do it again. We can do it. Be safe out there, buddy. Go fight hard all night. All right, Eric. Race hard, race smart. Let us know what we can do to help you out down here. Go get us a W. I already have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> ready, ready, green, green, green. You're perfect, you're perfect, you're perfect. Good job. Give the advantage to Logano. Bouncing just a little bit through the center to corner, like a basketball. Three, two, one on the side, four tires. Oh. Tire, tire, tire. Looks like it may have a tire getaway. That might be a penalty. Go, go. Uh, control tire. Yeah, figured. Loose. Don't fall loose. Just drive the out of. Loose. You can see my right rear quarter panel off the floor if you want. Coming to you. Page just shut off. And I got a fire in the cockpit. Do a normal pit stop and then we'll put. No, I got a fire in the cockpit. We're gonna have to push him back to the garage here, okay? How about this? Stage win number one of 2020 for Kyle Busch. All right, let's sit, bud. Nose to nose, off the end of the backstretch. Yeehaw, baby. Comedian and a cowboy, add that to the list that he never seen. Right front's down, right front is down. Leader is just off a of four. That was miserable. Please, I am begging you. You hold. Dude, I don't know what the is happening off a of turn two right now. Just two, two and a half laps to go. I ran through here wide open. This time, a vendor alongside. Now they're door to door. Keslowski forging out in front. Sure, we see this green checker right here. Nice job. Good stage win. Nice work, man. It's a good green car here. Be on you. Green, green, green. Right on you here. Right on you. Right on you. And a car in four. It is Matt Kenseth who gets turned. Watch him try. Check up, check up, check up. Significant damage on the right front of Bubba Wallace. That whole right front has been peeled back. What the hell is that? I don't know. He's running up in the back of you. So he ran over from behind. I was just hoping for yellow. The four out back pushing you there. Stay up high. Stay up high. Trying to get outside. Outside the record. Oh, into the outside wall. One car hard into the fence. Slow top. Stay down. Stay down. Stay down. Had something was broke. There heavy damage on the right side. Check my nose. When that, whatever happened at 22, I had to check up and get him. Damage to both sides. Bodies all destroyed. We're going to be done. We're done. Uh, uh, 95. Inside. Trouble for Chris Busher. A vicious crash on the back straightaway. Nice. You cleared it. You cleared it. Got us in the back there. You all right, Christopher? Yeah, I'm fine. You all right, man? Fantastic. They do, but who somebody? They're red flagging that for some reason. I don't know what they saw. Other than that big ass rig. Green flight. 12 half back with you. Clear high. Great momentum. Attaboy. Front of the pack. Byron to the lead. Clear. Not sure what we've ever done to the nine, but it's been a little ridiculous the last few weeks. I just killed it. Flowing now. And a flat. Caution's out. Corey LaJoy has just brought out the caution. Pits are open. Two tires on the jack. And William Byron on those two tires, hold off those vultures behind him. You and him by two, still even, quarter, clear. The battle's on for second. 
clear. Yellow's out here. Trouble in the middle of the back straightaway. John Hunter Nemechek. Levin's going to put you three wide. Here comes Hamlin. They're three wide for the lead. Bottom of three. Kevin Harvick to the point. Two back to the 88. He's got no help. Hamlin falls in line and rides second. Try to run down the race leader. It's just sideways. Just you and him. Door. Bumper still there. Very bottom. Clear. All clear. Move Keselowski to second. Can Brad Keselowski run down Denny Hamlin? White flag, one more coming back no matter what. The Cinderella season for Denny Hamlin. He will not get to you. He's headed for the checkered flag. Hell yeah, boys. Great job, D.H. What a dream, man. This race team is such a dream. Congrats, Denny Hamlin. Way to go, guys. Way to go. Radio.com. Don Hall here uh, for another week, another fun-filled week of NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, chit-chat, highlights, uh, updates, you name it, we're going to have it for you. Um, of course, in here with me once again this week, my partner in crime, Mike Haig. Mike, of course, runs the website racedaysa.com. Mike, how are you doing? Hey, Don, how you doing? I'm doing great and uh, busy, busy week with NASCAR and NHRA and IndyCar. And man, it seems like news broke all week long. Like every day there was something new uh, crossing the wire and um, stuff to talk about. So we have an action-packed show tonight with all kind of topics to talk about. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, let's see, we're going to be recapping Kansas, what happened at Kansas. We're going to talk about some IndyCar news. We're going to talk some NHRA, big breaking news in the NHRA, yeah. and also give some updates. Uh, we'll also talk about some of the latest news and rumors and other things breaking over on the NASCAR side of stuff. And then, of course, we'll preview the race coming up this weekend the in New Hampshire and we'll give our picks and see how far off we both are <laughs> when the race is done. So uh, let's kick things off, though. I mean, you heard there, of course, the radioactive replay, courtesy of NASCAR on Fox. You can always find those on their Twitter page or their YouTube pages, and I'm sure on Facebook as well. Great, great recap and audio sounds from Kansas last week. And, of course, Denny Hamlin continues his dream season and comes away with the win. Dominant, dominant car the whole night. Win number five, Don. Can you believe that? It's just crazy. I mean, although I can't yeah. believe it because Denny has had several seasons. We call this a dream season. He's had several dream seasons. He just hasn't been able to come away with a trophy at the end of it. Yeah. He just can't seem like he can close it out ever. So maybe this is the year that he gets to the championship race at Phoenix this year, not Miami. I, I was getting ready to say at Homestead, but... As you know, there's a change in the schedule this year. So if he uh, makes it to Phoenix in the f final four, um, maybe he gets the uh, the race win and the uh, championship in the NASCAR Cup Series this year. This could be the year that he, Denny does it. Well, uh, Mike, I mean, go ahead and 
Uh, we talked about Denny being the winner of the race. Uh, I know you've got some of the the stats there in front of you. Uh, let's break yeah. down real quick what what all what else transpired there. Who uh, who finished there in the top well, five ten? Here's here's the quick top ten here. Uh, Brad Keselowski was second. Don Martin Truex Jr. was third. Harvick Kevin Harvick finished in fourth. Good finish for him. And we've been talking about Eric Jones having a good uh, uh, run this year. He finished a strong fifth. And Eric Amarola was sixth. Cole Custer, who we're going to hear from later in the show, he finished seventh. It's a good finish for him. Alex Bowman was eighth. Kurt Busch was ninth. And Don, William Byron came in tenth. And uh, Kyle Busch, another race, no victory yet this year. He was in the 11th spot. Well, I know he did get a stage win. I think uh, he won like the first stage. Yeah, he the did get stage. the stage yeah. win. Yeah. But yeah. I'm talking about a race win this year. No, absolutely. But I think that's the first stage win he had even had this season. He had had nothing. So yeah. that's pretty big. But one thing I wanted to say, Don, there was 11 cautions for 47 laps, and we had 22 lead changes in this race among nine different drivers. So a lot of a lot of changing of the lead in that race there at Kansas at the mile and a half. And um, what I don't know what you thought of the race, but um, I, you know I just got to say that Denny. Um, dominant car this weekend this past weekend in kansas well you know when i think of kansas i've never really thought of it as like an exciting race to watch and then i go and i listen to dell earnhardt jr i guess was talking about it and some other guys and they're like don't you dare badmouth kansas kansas is a great in fact there a lot of them are saying kansas is probably the best mile and a half track on the on the circuit because of the way that they're able to run in the multi-grooves and stuff and that you don't need the pj1 there or other stuff and and you know for it to for things to work out so um the drivers seem to like that track but i will tell you from the ratings and again i don't know what to take from these but um because this was of course it was a midweek race it was a thursday night race um kansas averaged a 0.9 rating and a 1.47 million viewers on nbcsn marking the least watched cup race of any network since at least 2001 the previous low was 1.51 million for another midweek race this season which uh was charlotte on fs1 i don't i think that has more to do with the fact that it's on nbcsn than anything else that's what I was going to say, Don. I think if it was out on the regular network on NBC, the ratings would be higher. And um, But the fact that it was out there on that uh, NBCSN, not a lot of people have that. You know, only a certain number of people will get the extended sports packages with their cable cable provider or satellite provider. But, uh, hey, I also wanted to mention real quick, uh, Kyle Busch. I uh, want to talk about him, just one more thing about him. You had mentioned the stage win. He had a he led fifty two laps of the race there, and uh, and then he did get that uh, first eighty lap stage win for this first playoff point of the season. And so again, you know, he had a look good early on, but then just didn't close it out like he I thought he would. So. Hmm. Well, and, um, and it's funny because I was going through and we heard it in the audio there and you hear, uh, or was it the, actually, I believe it was last week's audio where you hear him. I love my teammates. I love my teammates. I love my teammates. And, you know, having issues with passing teammates and stuff. So I think, you know, even though there's been a few dominant cars there at Gibbs this season, yeah. I still think that there's some issues going on because 
Kyle does not seem comfortable. Something is going on there on that 18 team. And, and I'm sorry, Mike, but he's too talented of a driver for us, for me to believe that it, all it has to do with is him not having the ability to practice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that doesn't I mean, make any sense. He's been around these tracks way too many times. He's scored all these victories at every track. I think he's the only, I mean, I think he's the only current one in the group that's won at every track now, right? I think so. And if and if that is the case, Mike, if it is a lot about the, the practice thing, then for me, that's just another example of Kyle being in his own head too much. Yeah. Because like you just stated, I mean, he has way too much experience now and, and, uh, and wins and everything for, for me to believe he's not a rookie, you know, I mean, no. he, I mean, he knows these tracks like the back of his hand and they have enough notes and stuff from last season when they oh, were using um, the same stuff. Several, several seasons, Don. Yeah. I, I just, I have a hard time believing, you know, he didn't have a crew chief change or anything else either. So yeah, yeah. I just, I don't get all that. So something's not right. They're not, clicking on all eight cylinders <laughs> yeah no they are not well um so denny hamlin like you said when number five they're at kansas uh we'll preview here later on in the show the race from new hampshire that is coming up this weekend uh but i want to switch gears i hate saying that during a racing show it's so cliche but hey let's do it um, I want to switch gears though, and I'm going to tie a little NASCAR news into some IndyCar news. Uh, of course, this week, Jimmy Johnson, after having a piss poor performance, <laughs> for lack of a better word, at Kansas, he uh, heads out to Colorado where he's been staying with his family uh, off the grid a little bit, and then uh, jumps in the car and ends up in Indianapolis to finally, for the th- third attempt, to run a IndyCar there for chip ganassi racing he ran it on the road course yeah and uh all i can say is the way he explained it was it was like christmas for him he was just so so stoked after he was done i think it was scott dixon who was there who was uh walking him through uh some different deals and stuff different you know they were going through scott dixon's old film and stuff and scott was really working with him on breaking points and that kind of stuff But Jimmy has, I mean, Jimmy is on the record, Mike, as saying that even though this is his last season full-time in the Cup Series, he is not done racing by any means, and he definitely has plans on hopping in that IndyCar at some point. And I'm wondering if it only, if we're being silly to think it might only be the Indy 500 that he could do. Well, and, you know, he's also driven in a Formula One car before as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people don't, uh, you know, if you, a lot of people forget about the fact that you look at his background, Don, you know, he started um, racing off-road, uh, you know, races with, uh, with Robbie Gordon and some of the, the state, you know, the, the trucks and stuff. And I mentioned to you off the air a while ago that um, Dale Jr. Download this week has a great uh, segment with uh, Robbie Gordon check that out but jimmy has a you know a history of uh racing in other kind of forms of uh motorsports prior to coming to nascar so uh, i think that's um, a, a good thing i think his uh experience can carry over possibly into the indycar series it'd be great to see him in a car next year and uh you kind of have to wonder if he's going to be with uh tony stewart and his new uh, outfit that he's uh starting up as well mm-hmm. uh 
Well, and there was some big uh, other big news there at Indianapolis or over there at IMS, I guess is, is what they refer to it as. Uh, while Jimmy was doing that, there was also a big important thing that happened, Mike, and that was, are you familiar with uh, Raja Karuth? A little bit. Okay. Uh, he is a driver, up and coming driver in the NASCAR series um, in, yeah. in like one of their lower tier divisions. But he is also the first driver to test as part of IndyCar's Race for Equality, uh, Race for Equality and Change program. Uh, and he was there with Will Power as his coach. Uh, he completed his first test along there with Jimmy Johnson uh, and Chip Ganassi Racing and Scott Dixon. So big, big thing there because, of course, Raja is African American as well. Uh, so yeah. uh, IndyCar going along those lines of how NASCAR had done or has done with Max Siegel and Drive for Diversity. Now they have their own uh, Race for Equality and Change program. I think it's awesome. I would love to see uh, more diversity as well. IndyCar has been very, very good with diversity because you have more people from other countries. You've yeah. had females and stuff. But I still, Mike, I mean, you've you've followed it a lot longer than I have. Has there been any African American drivers in IndyCar? Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'd have to go look at that. Right, off, I, I have to look to look into that stat. I couldn't just name somebody right offhand. But I love the fact that, like I said, I love that you know you're looking at more diversity in the driving series and stuff as well. I'd like to see more over on the NHRA side too. I mean, it, it would be nice. I know we have seen quite a few, several different minority racers and stuff and, and females and all, but the more you can get, the better. So, uh, well, uh, Willie T. Ribs. Uh, I was going to say Willie T. Ribs. Yeah. Um, but he tested uh, – now, Willie was – wasn't he a um he was an ascar driver raced, right yeah he raced with, with imsa years ago um yeah formula one he, he raced right here in san antonio at the nissan grand prix he was here one year running a car in one of the classes okay uh he was the first african-american to test a formula one car he did that in 1986 okay um, so that sounds about right i'll have to go and look we'll look that up that that's a from 88 to 91, I believe, is when we had the Nissan Grand Prix in San Antonio. And I know he came to race in San Antonio in one of the classes at that event, or one of those years, or maybe maybe more than one. Well, uh, so, did, oh, so did Walter Payton, actually. Walter Payton, um, uh, we interviewed him. Uh, you know, he came out of the NFL, was the great running back for the Chicago Bears. Sweetness. Uh-huh. That's right. He he was a race car driver for a while. So that's crazy. But I mean, he ran fast, so he may as well drive fast. Well, huh? <laughs> he drove fast, but you know, he didn't really stay in it that long. I don't know if it was just um the, the money thing. Uh, a lot a lot of you know back in the early nineties, sponsorships were hard to come around. A lot of money went to NASCAR as as the you know the series took off and NASCAR took off in the nineties, but. Some of these other series really suffered during that time, I remember. Sticking with the IndyCar news and updates with our NASCAR angle on them, there was some more big news announced this week. Cole Pern, of course, Martin Truex Jr.'s former championship crew chief that he had there with him yeah. uh, in NASCAR. Well, you know, Cole up and just retired out of nowhere it was really kind of weird yeah. <laughs> how that took place this year and, I know. and everyone's like he's going back to canada he's done uh well 
it was announced today that he will be joining Ed Carpenter Racing as the he is their lead engineer. He will be the lead yeah. engineer for Connor Daly um, there at ECR during the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500. So uh, I love that. I love I love Connor Daly. Uh, Connor's you know the few times that he's oh, ran yeah. has had some really good runs there, and I I'm just very interested to see. And again, I love this crossover thing. I you know I like yeah. bringing in a NASCAR crew chief over there and seeing what happens with him as an engineer over there uh, on the IndyCar side. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. So going to see how that plays out. That, uh, that might turn into something really uh, good for, uh, for IndyCar to have him involved in that series. Oh, I agree. You know, Mike, I would think you'd be interested. I, I, I'd like to find, I need to find an IndyCar crew member. We have all kinds of friends on the NASCAR side, but I need to find some crew members on the IndyCar side because I'd like to know, uh, of course, pitting the cars very different um, in the two yeah. series. But I wonder if there's, you know, because of the schedules and stuff and because a lot of these guys volunteer or, or not volunteer, but they, they do, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They'll do truck races or especially yeah. guys on the lower tiers teams, you know, they, they bounce back and forth on teams. And I wonder if you could bounce back and forth between series. Well, they, didn't uh, Tim Sendrick with team Penske, didn't Tim, um, I know he's heavily involved in, in any car, but I remember him coming in and at some of the NASCAR races at Texas motor speedway before. So uh, I think some of these guys have done this in the past, come okay. going back and forth from both series. Interesting. I, I find that very interesting. Yeah. And now, Mike, uh, the the other big news, of course, was the uh, schedule update there for the Indy 500. Yeah. So I'm reading from a press release that uh, IndyCar sent. I have it on my website. They announced some series uh, a schedule updates. Three events that were already on the series calendar, Dawn, will now become doubleheader weekends. That includes the race weekend at the Mid-Ohio Sports uh, Car Course, uh, it says prior to the um, scheduled Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio on Saturday or Sunday, August the 9th, the IndyCar Series is going to score off in another championship points race on Saturday the 8th. So the 8th and the 9th, that'll be next weekend, one week from now, um, doubleheader at Mid Ohio. Then it says, in addition to the race weekends at the Worldwide Technology Raceway in August and in, in the Indianapolis Motor speedway road course in october those will become doubleheader weekends so the worldwide um racing technology uh track there uh race, uh, says races on saturday august 29th and august 30th so they'll have a doubleheader that weekend then ims will add a road course on friday october the 2nd before the already scheduled event on october 3rd so a little bit of changes, and I have the, the new schedule. If you go to racedaysa.com and click on the IndyCar tab there, you'll find the, the, the press release, and there's a link on there. You can call up the schedule. You can see the other races as well. So a uh, bunch of doubleheader weekends are going to try it and see how it goes. And my understanding, too, is one of those that you just announced that became a doubleheader, and I'm going to assume it's the one that's not the – it the one that's on the Oval um, – You'll get you'll get two days of Tony Kanan then because he gets an extra yeah. race in that since it's an oval race and he was doing all the ovals so um, very very fun if you're a TK fan uh, you get to see another race of uh, or get to see him on a, on one more race than what he was already going to be on because of the rescheduling so that's cool yeah now they're off this weekend but they'll return on August eighth and 9th again at Mid Ohio that's a really nice course up there yeah. 
Um, I like that course, and uh, they'll have a, a any 200 on both days. So it should be a good race. Well, and Mike, we had some big breaking news uh, on the NHRA side of things. Uh, and I know it's news that you've been wondering about yourself for the last few weeks. And it was actually now confirmed in NHRA sent out an update today and John Force Racing. Go ahead. Give us give us the news. Well, you know, since NHRA came back to race at Indianapolis Raceway Park there, um, the uh, John Force Racing cars, which which consists of John Force himself, his son-in-law, Robert Height, his daughter, Brittany Force and Austin Proc. They did, they did not return to the scene to um, complete the season. They ran the first two races of the year. They had a race at Pomona. They had a race at uh, Wild Horse Motorsports Park in, in uh, Phoenix. But then we had the shutdown, you know, the lockdown and uh, COVID-19. So since they came back, it's been four months. Uh, they, did not, they did not come back. And everybody was wondering. Uh, John was silent. He had uh, stated that um, – he would be making an announcement, and they finally made the announcement that they're not going to return to racing in 2020. They're going to return in 2021. And part of the reason he I, – again, I have the story on racedaysa.com. You can see uh, what John had to say. But part of the reason had to do with his sponsors. He felt like his sponsors were not getting enough bang for their buck. Because normally they have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show mm-hmm. at these drag racing events. So they cut the show down to two days. Friday and Saturday are qualifying. They run two rounds one day, two rounds the next, which is like practice. But, it's you know, they're practice runs. But they're also they're trying to qualify for the Sunday show as well. And then they have this, the finals on Sunday. Well, John felt like, you know, cutting from three to two, um, that basically that's not enough time at the track and you got to realize that when John force comes in, they have a huge, if you've ever been to a drag race, you know what I'm talking about, but they have a huge setup where you've seen it, you know, all the trailers and tents and the hospitality. Plus they have, you know, auto club has the big stage with the cars out there and they do the, they do the, the meet and greets. And so they, they do a lot with their sponsors. They do a lot with the fans and some of these uh, tracks are only letting like 25 to 50 percent of the fans come in, and so there's not a lot of people. They can't they can't bring in all their 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 sponsors, and the and the people that work for the company that normally gets to come, you know, like if it's Napa or, or not Napa because uh, like Blue Def, Monster, AAA, Peak, uh, Antifreeze, those are some of the John Force's big sponsors and um, Chevrolet and et cetera, but. So they're not able to bring in a lot of the people that would normally come to support their racing operation. Plus, I've also heard that they've cut the purse a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's very expensive to run, you know, nitro uh, methane. And, and um, he felt like he wasn't getting enough bang for his buck for the sponsors. And he felt like it's probably the best that they not run the rest of the season and just sit sit out, save the money come back in 2021 if they have a full season if we're past this by then things will be different and then you know they'll come back full force but this is big this is big news pun intended i'm sorry yeah full force (laughs) pun intended (laughs) 
But this has major impl- you know, impl- implications on the sport and everything. Absolutely. I was going to say, it's not like this is someone that runs here and there. Every single one of the drivers there underneath that umbrella are championship contending drivers in their particular well, groups Robert's that they won. run in. Yeah. You know, John's won um, – They've won 21 NHRA championships in, in for the organization. John's won 16 of them. Robert's won a few. His daughter, uh, Brittany, has won a championship. And John is like the Dale Earnhardt Sr. of, of, of the NHRA. And uh, so imagine going to a race and your favorite guy is not there. Or you go to a basketball game like back in the in the heyday I mentioned earlier to you, like, you know, if you're going to – if you're a Bulls fan and – Michael Jordan would not be uh, there at all. Mm-hmm. He decided he's going to sit out a few games, not even come to the to the arena, and that's what this is like. And so, th- so this is huge. Uh, a lot of fans are upset. John John has taken a public relations beating on social media because a lot of he, they fans think that he's doing them wrong and doing the sport wrong because he is such a big spokesperson for the sport. So um, this is huge. Definitely big. I see it as he is doing every bit of what he does for the sport. He's being an ambassador because, Mike, I think – I know that they don't say this, but I'm just going to throw out my opinion on it. You know him better. I mean, I've only met him one time. But he's also got a grandbaby on the way. He is older. Um, He is definitely in that demographic of – you know, to be afraid if you come up positive for COVID. And these, for because the NHRA can't help but have to have fans there um, in order to be able to afford to pay the purses out and stuff, they're, they're yeah. b- putting themselves at risk because there's fans going to these races. It would be different, I think, if it was like how NASCAR is doing things where you could be at tracks that don't have fans. You might see, if, if it was worth their while to do it, then you might see him do it. But I really believe deep down that that also is playing into it too. Is it worth the risk, you know, to get out there and do this? If there's not going to be as much money to be made, if it's costing you all of this, if it could potentially cost you sponsors because you're not able to fulfill what you promised, you know, in the contract to those sponsors, you know, I think this is an easy way to just get out of all of it. And I think he's being an ambassador and being very responsible. I think so, and there's also a lot of rumor, you know, like you mentioned about the 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 the, the need of the fans in the stands in order to pay the purse. Uh, when you look at um, in a NHRA race, they are televised on Fox and FS1, but the TV contract for the 24 races, I believe it is that NHRA has, is not anything near the amount of money that um, NASCAR would get for a TV contract. So. It takes uh, not just because you know you have the four pro classes, but you also you also have the pro mods, the nitro Harleys that run, the factory stock showdown cars that run, then plus some of the Lucas Oil uh, drag racing series cars, the, the, the support classes. So there's a lot of classes and purse to pay out. They need fans in the stands in order to to break even or and pay the bills Mm -hmm. and if you don't have fans in the stands it's not going to happen so some of these races they've already postponed um in brainerd minnesota and bandamere speedway in denver uh uh, the other 
thing that I was going to tell you, the other breaking news we had this week with the NHRA was uh, Heartland Park Motorsports Park in Topeka, Kansas. And the COVID-19 numbers are too high in, in Topeka right now. Uh, as you know, uh, NASCAR just came from Kansas where they had the, uh, the NASCAR race, but I don't think there's any fans in the stands at that race, right? Uh, no, not at Kansas. There was not. Yeah, so what they're saying is the county um, that Heartland Motorsports Park sits in right now, the county, uh, the, it's the Swanee uh, Health County Health Department, they said that you have to reschedule the event because the COVID-19 numbers are too high. So they're rescheduling the event for August 21st through the 23rd is when they're going to try to have it. And hopefully the numbers will go down where they can have the race. But again, they need to have spectators in the stands in order to make that happen. If that doesn't happen, that's going to get canceled as well. I have that story on racedaysa.com with a revised schedule um, there. Let's go to some of the news that broke this week around NASCAR. And Mike, you and I, and I can't remember offhand if we discussed this on air or not. I know I had talked to you off air about it because I had gotten wind of this a few weeks ago that there could I know that um, Bubba Wallace's agent has been shopping Bubba around, so to speak, to other okay. places and looking for better opportunities, possibly for Bubba. While Richard Petty Motorsports still wants him and wants to deal, you know, do stuff with him, his agent himself has been looking at other options. And one of the other options that I was told of a few weeks ago was Chip Ganassi Racing. And which in a way would be very ironic if you think about this. Okay, (laughs) let's go back and and let's put things in perspective. So Kyle Larson during the offs or, you know, during the COVID break, doing the iRacing, drops the N-bomb and gets fired from the 42 car with Chip Ganassi Racing. And now here is Bubba Wallace who could possibly end up in that car. Um, And a lot of the talk is, you know, because there really wasn't any set time that Matt Kenseth had agreed to. He's not signed on for multiple years or whatnot. So they think he just stepped in to fill the seat to the end of the season. One of the other reasons why this could really work to Chip Ganassi's favor is because Bubba Wallace is a McDonald's sponsored by McDonald's. And of course the 42 car has the sponsorship yeah. of McDonald's. So yeah. you've already got that built in. You've got that sponsorship. Yeah, it's kind of a in. win-win situation. Uh, so we're going to have to see how this plays out. I would hate to see that happen, honestly, especially with the way that Petty Motorsports has been running lately. And with everything that Richard and that team, I think has gone through and, persevered through and and come together to work on I would hate to see that happen Um, at the same time if it's a better opportunity for Bubba and a better car you know I mean you can't blame the agent and him for looking to go places you know if it's if it's going to help or benefit him so um, one more thing on Bubba that I wanted to mention too, Mike, you remember when, uh, his bumper, of course, there at the all-star yeah. race came off and he conveniently left it at, left it. yeah, over at Michael McDowell's, um, <laughs> um car. well, they turned around and put it up for auction for charity and it ended up in the end being a, a really good, a really good deal. So basically like that. $20,000 or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it sold for more than $20,000, and carparts.com is making additional donations uh, towards it. So 
pretty interesting there that you get $20,000 off of it, you know, off the deal. So it all actually ended up being a good thing that happened, not so much for Bubba <laughs> there, you know, during the race, but in the end, everything goes to a, a good cause. And I like that. Also, it was announced Mike Brad Darty <laughs> yeah. will be joining the booth there for uh, NBC Sports. He's going to be doing some in the booth stuff, I think, before and after the races, mainly with like Chris Devota and Dale yeah. Jarrett and them. And I, did a, I did a big feature story on him when he was back with ESPN uh-huh. at Texas Motor Speedway when he was there for a race. We sat down and talked to him with him. As a matter of fact, I've got a great picture of you. <laughs> we go, Brad, and then you standing next to I him. I come up to his belly button, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He's like seven foot two, I think. Yeah, he's a big, he's a very he's big tall. guy. <laughs> and, and among them little NASCAR drivers, he's like a giant. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of the time that Shaq came to uh, Texas Motor Speedway and was a grand marshal. And, uh, you know, all the little IndyCar guys, and here's big old Shaq. And I think Danica came up to, like, his waist or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, because she's tiny. Yeah, it's like you you want to put uh, Brad next to, like, Jason Leffler and Jamie McMurray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, itty-bitty guys. So, But our great friend Andy Hall with ESPN set up an interview with me and uh, Brad, and uh, I wrote a feature story on Brad, uh, you know, from the NBA to, the, to NASCAR. Because he played pro ball. He was an NBA basketball player. Oh, yeah. Played for the Mavericks yeah. there for a while. Yeah, that's um, right. And uh, But, yeah, he's going to be, what, back in the booth? What, 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 yeah. What's the news there? Yeah, he'll be – he's going to be doing some before and after race stuff there during the Cup Series races. And then I think during the Truck and Xfinity Series races, he'll be doing booth work, um, some booth work. And I know a lot of people have speculated, oh, is this, you know, because he's trying to influence with more black influence and stuff there, which – Maybe so, but Brad has yeah. previous experience. The only thing I will say about this, there was one criticism, and I, I have to kind of agree in small part. NBC has too many, in my opinion, driver or uh, driver owners or uh, owners in the in the booth and stuff. And it does to me it kind of tests your abilities because you have to try to not be biased although i do kind of like when like dell jr becomes biased during the xfinity yeah. races because he actually critiques harder his drivers being in the booth but then you got jeff burton whose son is running and um there's a lot of connections there and so a lot of people were like look we're yeah. getting tired of these owners that have cars being in there you know talking about stuff so um, but I've always liked Brad. I think Brad brings an oh, interesting yeah. insight. And, you know, Mike, um, for folks who, I, I mean, I invite people to go look at your, uh, go through your past archives and find this story. But if not, do a quick Wikip- uh, Wikipedia or Google search on Brad Darty, and you will find out, you know, of course, Brad uh, went to North Carolina as a Tar Heel. Yeah. And, and good old Tar Heel. <laughs> yeah, he's from North Carolina. And the reason Brad Darty always wore the number 43 is because... Richard Petty was his idol growing up. He has loved motorsports all his life. My understanding is he kind of raced some cars too there for a little bit, but I mean, he's a big guy, so it's hard for him to do that. Yeah, imagine somebody seven foot two getting in in a stock car. You know, Michael Waltrip is real tall. A lot Mm -hmm. of people don't realize that unless you have seen him in person, and Michael barely fit in some of those cars. So just imagine, you know, uh, Brad in a stock car. Man, I don't know. 
they had to really modify that to get him to fit. Yeah, for sure. But I'm excited to see Brad back there. Yeah. And I also liked last weekend our friend, our fellow Texan from right here in Dallas, um, Jesse right. Iwuji, the truck series driver and uh, a lieutenant in the United States Navy, uh, yeah. Navy Reserves. He was there as a part of the broadcast with uh, NBC. And he's amazing. I, I, somebody needs to hire him full time. And putting down there as a pit reporter or, you know, doing stories, kind of like a Rutledge, maybe, you know, um, something like that, because he's so good. Yeah, he does good, like, feature uh, segments, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he looked, well, we saw him doing some work last year. I was amazed at some of his um, reporting. Uh, I was like, man, for someone who's just doing this for the first time, uh, guy's got a lot of, you know, good talent. Yeah. And uh, I think if he doesn't work out in a, in a race car, definitely get him behind the camera and or, or in front of the camera, you might say, mm -hmm. and uh, do some uh, NASCAR reporting because uh, the guy's got talent. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Kyle Larson says uh, says that he could be interested in a NASCAR comeback. Uh, I saw that. He yeah. has been kicking ass over there in the sprint car series, which, I mean, he always Just has, that. but he's been doing very, very well. And We'll see. I don't, you know, personally, Mike, I, I think we'll see him back. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen guys come back from, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Indefinite suspensions for a lot oh, worse yeah. things out there. Uh, and he's been doing what has been recommended. He's been going to the... Um, sensitivity cl uh, tr classes yeah and the training and stuff and he's been doing yeah. a lot of charity work i've been seeing him doing a yeah. lot of charity work stuff so uh dover speedway announces that they uh their races there august 21st through the 23rd will be with no fans and yeah we had some sad news uh with the passing yeah, we did yeah we had maurice petty passing away of course yeah, that's richard petty's brother uh-huh and we have uh, Bob Bear there, who, of course, uh, was the former owner of New Hampshire Motor Speedway uh, and Oxford Plains Speedway. He passed away as well. So Alex Bowman possibly moving to the 48 team in 2021 um, and Hendrick maybe going down to three teams. That's some talk. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because we've talked about the possibility of Brad Keselowski going over there to that 48 car. Yeah, and there were some interesting uh, conversations with Brad. If you go to racedaysa.com and look at the the race story with Denny Hamlin winning, uh, Brad, uh, we had the audio, and the, several reporters asked Brad about the uh, the contract for next year. Is it done? Is it going to be signed? And he says he's hopeful. But he didn't say he's hopeful with the current organization that he's with. I, I'm thinking it's hopeful that he's going to sign on with somebody else, you know, but I don't know. He might be back yeah. with, with, with team Penske. It's hard to say, yeah. but uh, something's up there. Yeah, definitely something being up, you know, as far as something being up too, there's been a lot of talk about Bob Levine and possibly selling uh, Levine racing. Uh, I guess my understanding is he's been soliciting bids for the team recently. So, 
there's something yeah. to watch with a smaller team. And I hate to see these small teams go under. I really do. I know. Because I think we're getting to a point in NASCAR where NASCAR is trying to, to get to a point back where, especially when we don't have these practices and these other things, that really evens up the playing field for a lot of these teams. You're right. And then, you know, with the, with the dropping of the wind tunnel times and this other stuff, yeah. it's, it's really kind of playing into helping balance out these teams. And then you've got this new car coming soon. And uh, I don't know. I just hate to see I don't see know that. why they can't have like a 30-minute practice session or a one-hour practice session. I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like that they don't have it personally. But Well, even like at a short track, you know, uh, say an old San Antonio Speedway, you know, before the feature races, there was always hot laps, you know, mm-hmm. practice. And they, they might only be for 10 or 15 minutes, but it gives you a chance to get out there and put the car on the track and make some last-minute adjustments and – Check the you know the tire pressure and the track temperature and you know the setup on the suspension and and um, so um, you know 15, 30, 45 minutes they ought to they ought to give them something I I think yeah um, really quick uh, two more little things to point out is uh, Chad and his wife Brooke Canals they welcomed yeah. their second child a daughter a couple of days ago so. Um, and of course he had missed the last week's race, uh, for the birth yeah. of his child. So, and then one little thing I wanted to throw in because I saw this and I've actually purchased, I, uh, are you familiar with plan B sales? They do a lot of the die cast cars and stuff like that. Well, yeah. and I know like myself, I definitely went and purchased, I won't get it to like December, but I purchased a autographed Bubba Wallace, Black Lives Matter yeah. cars. Um, I like to collect cars too. And I just felt like that one is one that's definitely going to be, in my opinion, something for history. Um, and to say, well, um, they've put out several announcements on different cars coming out here uh, that they're doing pre-orders on. But another one that I think I'm going to have to to order, and for the autographed ones, it's $107. I mean, it's a little pricey, but they're autographed. And and to me, these are special, and they're going to be made even more special yeah. with autograph. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Hall of Fame car, and it has a 21 on it, and it's the Hall of Fame car, and you can get it autographed. Uh, for $107 as well. And I just think that that might be a, a good one to have as well. That'd be a great one to have. Yeah. So uh, just throwing that out there. Now, Mike, okay, so we've got lots of news and audio, though, about Daytona. Let's see. We had some news, and, and NASCAR came out with some more rules and stuff, I guess, for the upcoming Daytona road course race. And then we have audio from two of NASCAR's uh, up-and-coming superstars that we've really been impressed with over the last few weeks so walk me through what we've got coming up here for daytona well one of the things that they announced they're going to add a chicane on the front straightaway because i think the they said the guys would be going like 210 miles down the track 210 miles an hour into the diving right into the the road course (laughs) so they wanted to slow them down a little bit But, you know, a lot of these guys have not been on the Daytona road course. Mm-hmm. So this is what we last week's show we had. Um, was it Harvick uh, yeah. and Brad talking about? No, it was Joey Logano and Harvick. Oh, Joey Logano, no, that's no, and right. It wasn't, and it wasn't Harvick. It was Joey Logano and Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. Yeah. Talking, yeah, talking about the, uh, the fact that um, who knows what we're going to see. But um, so we have some audio this week. They interviewed um, – the media, we had a chance to interview uh, Christopher Bell and Cole Custer. Now, Cole Custer, the first one we're going to hear from, 
they're going to give their thoughts and uh, opinions on racing on the on the um, road course there at um, at Daytona, and that race is coming up what in August the eighteenth, I think. Yeah, something like that. Just a couple weeks. Just a couple weeks. So uh, let's hear from Cole Custer. You know, Don here's an up and coming driver uh, who. Uh, doing really well and uh he has some previous world course experience because he's done some sports car racing here so here's here's the first uh piece uh with Cole Custer. yeah so i've already run it in the ford simulator um so it's been you know a lot of kind of figuring out what what we're taking to the racetrack first you know for just gearing and stuff like that what nascar is going to come out with and you know the chicane on the front stretch and stuff like that so i think uh it's been a huge help and you know, I think my experience there in some sports car stuff with Ford, they actually let us the last couple of years run some Mustangs down there to try and gain experience with road racing and stuff like that. And it's probably going to be a huge help going there this year because I have some laps around the place. Um, but at the same time, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, obviously, I know where all the corners are and I kind of know what I want to do attacking them. But at the same time, the brakes are totally different. How the car reacts is totally different. Um, so it's going to be a lot of learning and even though the playing field might be leveled a little bit because nobody's been there, um, I've never run a cup car on a road course. So those guys might be able to adapt to the quack, to the, to the track faster than I can just because they have a really good feel for the cars. I will say I'm not going to be as worried about this race as much as the first Roval race, just because the Roval is so, there's so much that can go wrong and there's so little room for error. When, when you make a, when you spin out or something at the Roval, I mean, you're hitting the wall and your day's done. So at, at the Daytona road course, there are walls and there is stuff to hit, but it's definitely more spread out than what the Roval is. So you can make a little mistake and still not wreck. So um, it's definitely, you're going to see guys make mistakes and see guys wreck, but it's not going to be as dramatic, I think, as what the Roval was. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, everybody's going to be trying to figure it out as fast as they can. There's going to be guys making mistakes. Um, so it's going to be an event-filled race. I mean, if road course racing already wasn't event-filled enough, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, especially in the early portions, I think, of guys trying to figure it out. And, Don, uh, he makes a good point, and I think it's going to be an interesting race to watch. I think the fans are really going to get their um, – Money's worth on this one. Oh yeah, no, I'm excited. And Mike, you were you were close uh, that race weekend. It's August fifteenth and sixteenth, so you were close. Okay, um, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> you were within a few, you were within a week, so that's good. Okay. Now Christopher Bell um, is the next guy we're going to hear from. Um, he's an uh, you know an up and coming driver doing really well this year. A lot of potential, a lot of promise. So here's his thoughts and views on the uh, road course at Daytona. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to go to a road course that none of us have been to. Well, I guess some of us have, but in, and none of us have been to in a cup car anyway, and not even the teams. That's going to be a change of pace and then throw in no practices. I don't know, but it's just fun to be able to go out to the races and, um, you know, you don't know who's going to be good, who's going to be bad, no practice. You just got to go out there and figure it out. And and I've been able to do pretty good on the road courses the last couple of years. So uh, it's I've been definitely putting in a lot of effort into the Daytona road course on the simulator and stuff. So hopefully it'll pay off. And there you go, Don, the simulator, that's going to be something that you're going to see a lot of guys spending a lot of time on before that race. Yeah. So uh, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, we're going to hear a little bit more from them and just a little bit when we talk about New Hampshire. But yeah, I mean, we heard, of course, you know, like you said last week, Joey Logano was hysterical talking to us about, about, 
looking, going ahead with this and Kurt Busch talking about it as well. So I think now this becomes the must-watch race of the season um, will be this Daytona road course race. And what's so cool is we're going to have that and then the Indy 500 will be shortly after that. Um, so should be two fun, fun race weekends there. Not necessarily back-to-back because the Indy 500 is, is towards the end yeah. of August, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to those kind of races. And and are they going to have fans at that race? Did they announce? I don't know. It you know a lot of th- I think a lot of it depends on the numbers in Florida, and you know look at the numbers right now. They're one of the hot spots in the nation with COVID nineteen. So um, I'm not sure if they're going twenty five percent or fifty, but we'll have to look into that and see. Moving along now, we're going to go ahead and we'll start talking about what to expect this coming weekend at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the 28th annual Foxwoods Resort Casino 301. Uh, Fans will be at this race. They're expecting about, well, anywhere, they say 12,000 fans uh, is what they are allowing to come to the race. So we'll see. Now, again, up in New England, we have to think about this. And this will be an interesting thing to actually watch, Mike, because, um, you know, up there in the New England area, the test have or the not the test but the cases have gone down of course because those were the hot spots at the beginning in March and April and those things up there uh in the New England area New York and 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 so on I will be very interested to see because we have started to see there's a little bit of an uptick not much but a little bit of an uptick in New York and New Jersey and stuff right now with cases moving north yep it's just going to keep going back and forth the more people get out and do stuff without wearing masks and all but I'll be interested to see what happens there at New Hampshire and 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 to see because that's a very small area too where the track is at um where Loudon is at you've been there right Uh uh-huh it's um right outside of Manchester and, yeah. and so, um, very t- Yeah. I've been there several times. I love that track. And, um, but you fly in normally, unless you fly in straight to Manchester, most people fly into Logan up in Boston and drive down. So, which Boston is a huge airport with a lot of traffic and not one that I would want to be, uh, frequenting right now, uh, with COVID-19 going on and stuff. So I don't know, you know, we'll, and Mike, you and I talked off the air earlier and, um, earlier today. Uh, of course, we hadn't talked since last week and earlier that, you know, I had found out that my mom had tested positive for COVID uh, in San yeah. Antonio. And so she's been she has had some symptoms, but she's doing all right and, and getting through. But um, my boss actually did an interview this past week that I had sent to you. He did an interview with NPR um, out of Houston. Great, inter- great interview, Don. Yeah. And um, you and I talked and I think it'll be fun. I want to try and get Zach on with us and do a just do a quick little smack cast with him so that we can talk about some things, especially with fans going to the track, what we should see, because there has been talk um, with media members. I've seen both Jim Utter and I have seen Bob Pockris and others putting out things that where they have gone back to tracks uh, or to try to track, I should say, where fans have gone to. So like Texas, Bob had went and called Denton County hospital system or something. I don't know. And yeah. was talking to them and, Jim Utter was trying to say that nothing's happened since Bristol as far as fans go. You and I, uh, and I want to save this for that conversation, but we've got some issues kind of with with what's being said and reported and stuff. But um, I, I really want to see uh, how this 
plays out because part of the reason I want to do this is because in our NASCAR news um, going into this, NASCAR sent out an email this week to everyone in NASCAR, basically telling them that under zero circumstances are any of them to they are to leave the track and go straight to their hotels and they are not to leave their hotels until it's time to go back to the track. And Mike, my question to you is, you know, we haven't heard a lot lately of anybody testing positive or some of those things, which not trying to be a negative Nancy, but I find very hard to believe um, with the way things have gone. But if this, and especially if, if, we don't have people testing positive or things going on. Why would you have to send out an email for this? Yeah. So I know apparently there might be a little bit of an issue going on with crew members, drivers and others leaving, you know, and going out to dinner and going places and stuff and, and then coming back to their hotels. That's what they're probably trying to do is keep these guys like in in their own little bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, as close as they can, like the, like the NBA is doing not letting them venture out and I can understand that, but it's um, interesting that the email went out and you, I, I, I'd like to get a copy and read it. Yeah. I think, I, I think they may have posted on J ski, but I'll have to go and look and, and I'll let you know that. But if not, then um, I think we've got some people we could call to, to get a copy of that. Um, but definitely interesting news, especially here. And, and I will tell you that pisses off a lot of people. I would be pissed off if I was with NASCAR, because this is one of the one races that when you go to, you look freaking forward to going to New Hampshire because you get up there and you get some amazing, um, lobster up there and yep. clam chowder and some other things that people honestly look forward to going. There's specific little restaurants that people love to go and eat at up there. And that kind of sucks. It really I bet does the, the uh, delivery services will be busy that weekend delivering to the guys at the hotel, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yep, probably so. Uh, so, Mike, uh, again, we will have fans there at New Hampshire. Uh, I know okay. that you, t- again, we've got Cole Custer and Christopher Bell because they, they were also asked about this weekend and racing at New yeah. Hampshire. Yeah, we'll get that in just a second. I just want to mention that, um, you know, Dawn, I was looking at some stats and everything on this race at New Hampshire. They've had 48 NASCAR races at this track, and they've had 22 different pole winners and 24 different race winners. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have won. Oh, yeah. You know, we look at 48 races and 24 of them, different race winners. So this is a track that um, could produce a first-time winner. And you like guys like Cole Custer and um, – Christopher Bell, who we're going to hear from here in just a second. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a driver like that gets a gets a victory that hasn't won at this track before. So yeah, definitely. And this is a track when again we have the broadcast on NBC uh, or with the NBC guys. I'm not sure if it's on NBC or NBCSN. I'll have to go look that. It's going to be on. Um, I've got it right here, NBCSN at 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday. Okay. Uh, but one of the best guys at this track uh, will be in the booth, Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton used to be one uh, a very yeah. dominant uh, guy at, at this track. I always had him on my fantasy roster. He always did really, really well uh, during fantasy and season. A little note on him. The deepest in the field that, are, that a race winner has started at New Hampshire is 38th. That was by Jeff Burton in 1999. So <laughs> he's go. a former he's a former winner at this track up here in New Hampshire. But um, hey, speaking of broadcast, the uh, PRN 
Doug Rice and the gang, they have the call mm-hmm. for the uh, radio this week. So if you um, like to listen to uh, their uh, their broadcasts while you're watching the, the TV um, for something different, uh, check out PRN. I think, what is it, goprn.com or yep. something like that? Yep, Go P- goprn.com. And, uh, and then one of the coolest things about New Hampshire race always is the trophy that you get there. You get this giant, I mean, I'm talking freaking yeah. huge this lobster looks like it could eat a man that's how big this lobster is so some of the guys have a lot of problems trying to lift it up um (laughs) and you know mike we were talking about the guys having fun and going out to eat that is one of the things that's cool about and i guess they probably won't be having it this year unless they're doing it well i'm going to assume that they're not but one of the things that they always do at new hampshire on friday night is they have a uh lobster broil and lobster bait um and so i i'm guessing that that's not going to happen this year so um, probably not man uh, good stuff but kevin harvick before we get the audio uh, dawn kevin harvick was the 2019 race winner barely i actually yeah he won last year i have a picture of him holding the lobster if you go to racedayessay.com and go through the archives there you'll find last year's story there's a picture of him holding that big lobster uh, that's like the prize trophy so remember it was him and denny hamlin battling it out there uh for the race win and so uh gonna be very interesting we'll we'll talk about those two guys when we give our picks but um all right so tell me about this audio all right so first up is cole cusser here is his thoughts about racing in new hampshire this weekend i'm ready to go i mean i think uh it's another short track race um so i'm looking forward to that and then also it's a track I haven't been before in a cup car. So it's obviously going to be some learning involved in trying to figure out the track and the feel of the car and things like that. Um, but overall, I think I'm looking forward to, to try and keep going with our consistency and try and keep going with, uh, with another solid run and try and build some momentum going into the playoffs. It's obviously uh, going to be brutal for the drivers, just like a lot of the races this year. So um, it's been you know really hot this summer for whatever reasons. So, It'll make it really, you know, slipping and sliding a lot. And uh, the BHT that they have down there probably wear out a little bit quicker, I would think. Or, you know, it's just – it's it's going to be different than what we usually have. So it's going to be, you know, you have to change the setup in your car, tick, and probably how you drive the track also. So um, there's going to be a little bit of learning for all of us there, I think. Um, overall, the track with the BHT, you're able to move around a lot. Um, a lot of it's going to be, you know, trying to, you know, work that top lane good, but – you have to be able to work the bottom also to pass and be good on restarts. So having a versatile car is, is pretty important. Being able to turn the center and be good on the long run also. And there you go, Don Cole Custer. Um, he, you could tell he's kind of excited about going to New Hampshire, and I, I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. So next up, we have um, Christopher Bell again, and here's what he had to say about racing at New Hampshire. New Hampshire is one of my best racetracks that we go to on the schedule for whatever reason. Uh, I, I don't know why that is. I, I think I have a lot of, um, I have to give a lot of thanks to Calvish Motorsports because whenever I drove for them in the truck series, we actually uh, used one of our rookie tests up there at Loudon um, in the 2016 season. So that kind of kicked off my experience there. I, I've also ran a late model race there, I think back in 2015. Uh, so I had a lot of seat time before I started going there in the NASCAR series. And it's just been a great racetrack for me. Uh, with the second place and a win and the two truck races that I've run there and then two wins in the Xfinity series. So Don, I think his uh, previous experience might get him a little edge uh, for guys like him in the, in the, in the 
you know, in the NASCAR Cup Series that mm-hmm. uh, are up and coming and have definitely have a shot at, uh, like I mentioned earlier, some of these guys. I think this could be a, a race, uh, another racetrack that they could, uh, we could have a surprise winner. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you. So, Mike, before we get to picks, I want to go through real quick and let folks know that the luckiest man in NASCAR when it comes to the random draw. Eric Amarola <laughs> is starting from the pole again. What is this, like his third pole or something like that? Um, I think so. Yeah, so he is on the pole. Uh, Denny Hamlin will be up there uh, rounding out row one. Row two will be Chase Elliott and Brad Keselowski. Row three will be Kyle Busch and Clint Boyer. Row four, Kevin Harvick and Alex Bowman. And row five will be Joey Logano and Kurt Busch. Um, so that'll be your your top ten there as far as the starting positions go. What are you, uh, or who are you, should I say, looking at for your race winner? Dawn, I think um, the, the, the defending event winner from last year, Kevin Harvick, I think he's going to return to victory lane. That Ford of his has been strong this year, so I'm going Kevin Harvick for the win. My long shot is going to be, um, or dark horse, you might say, is going to be, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, um, Cole Custer. Okay. Oh. I'm going to pick him. And then my uh, really long shot this week is I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Christopher Bell, uh, something different. Um, you know, he's, we just heard from him and um, he might, score the win so that those are the three drivers i'm going to pick this week okay well i'm going to go with you know what you're going to laugh when i say this i'm going to go clint boyer for the win i think clint actually has a win there at new in fact isn't it at new hampshire that he won and the bumper got hit on the back of his car when it was pushed to uh victory lane and it screwed with the uh, height one time. and Yeah, the, they're showing him a win in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. But I'm going to go with Clint Boyer for the win. Uh, my long shot, I'm going to go Jimmy Johnson because I still feel one of these weeks he's going to get a victory. <laughs> and <laughs> He needs to. He dropped the 18th in the point standings. Yep. So um, I'll go with uh, Jimmy as my dark horse. And my really, really, really dark horse. Um, you know what? Just for funsies, I'm going to go Chris Busher. I don't know why, good. but I'm just yeah. going to go Chris Busher. Why not? That That's a good, another good pick. So, and Chris is a driver that, you know, a surprise winner. The, the guys like him, um, we, we mentioned Eric Amarola being on the pole. If I had a fourth car to pick yeah. as a possibility of winning it could be Eric. You know, Eric has been running so strong. Ryan Blaney is a driver right now that um, he's sitting third in the point standings, but he's another one that um, is due for uh, another win. So, uh, so many of these guys, uh, Kurt Busch, you know, who knows? Uh, a lot of it, a lot of it depends on where their position and where they are in that last, you know, 20 laps of the race. You can't ever count out Joey Logano there. That's his home track. Uh, yeah. So he would be another one. Uh, both or all the Penske cars, you know, are strong yeah. this season as well. And then, uh, and then a guy that you you love to say his name all the time, Matt De Benedetto, is another guy that yeah. really runs well at this track. So 
Um, we'll see. I mean, again, this is one of those tracks that you, it's hard to pick somebody because like you said, there hasn't been repeat winners there. Um, but that's what makes it fun is it's anybody's race. Yeah. 48 races and 24 different winners. That's, that's amazing. And it's hard to believe that we've been racing there since 93. I know. And it's been configured before. I mean, too, you know, so, uh, there's been some changes there since, since the last time I was there, which has been probably about eight or nine years ago now. So, um, but I do love that track The I'm telling you it's, it is on the tracks that I have been to the drive into that track is top two or three, in my opinion, as far as the scenery and stuff, it's just, it's beautiful on the way in there. Yeah. And then listening to the, um, Drivers like uh, Christopher Bell and, and Cole Custer Don listening to their pre-race uh, press conference interviews that they had, I think it was yesterday, uh, that NASCAR put up. The uh, drivers are talking about the heat this weekend. They've had a lot of – that part of the country has had a definite uh, heat wave this summer. Mm-hmm. So uh, heat could definitely be a factor this weekend. So hopefully the guys are going to be well hydrated and um, – Hopefully we won't have anybody, you know, passing out or needing IVs after the race. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, This will be the 20th uh, event, Cup Series event, I guess, of the season so far. It's hard to believe that we've gotten 20 races in with the shutdown, you know. It doesn't seem like we've made up that many races, but we have. Yeah, no, I mean, we've uh, we've got – we're 20 in, and then I was trying to look. Okay, so we are at – New Hampshire. So then next weekend we will be, it's the double header weekend at Michigan uh, yeah. is what we'll be heading into. So that's going to be interesting to see it as a double header there. And then we will go to Daytona after that. So the good thing is, is we're going to have a little bit of a break because, you know, Mike, let's see, it is Friday evening. We're recording right now, Friday evening and Florida and the entire kind of Southeastern seaboard is, is, um, waiting to see if this hurricane comes in or tropical storm, if it ends up downgrading to a tropical storm or whatnot. So going to be very, very interested to see. I don't think New Hampshire will have to worry too much about that. No, our friend Joe Costello with the NHRA, the one that does the announcing and everything and has WFO radio. I listened to his uh, podcast today. They had a live broadcast where they did a happy hour, their Friday happy hour Joe uh, spent the, the morning, he said, Don, gassing up the car, gassing up the gas cans, getting propane, getting the generator out. He's he's in, um, I believe, around Hollywood, Florida, which is just north of Miami. It's a northern suburb of Miami there on the coast there. And um, that are pine, uh, somewhere around that area, Hollywood, Florida, or somewhere around there, north of Miami there. So that that if you look at the map, it's going to come in right there, right off the coast. So, and that's at the tip of the of the state there. So they're going to get hit and Joe's getting ready. And he said, you know, this is a good test for other hurricanes that will probably come through this summer. So hopefully all of our friends down there in Florida will, uh, won't get trashed uh, their homes and cars and everything with the storm this weekend. Hopefully it'll stay offshore and just give them rain and not any um, damage or anything like that. So there's no Xfinity, right? No Xfinity and no trucks, or is it? I think we just have Cup this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I was it's trying a, to... The NASCAR preview that was sent to me that I have on the website, racedsa.com, just talks about the um, 
the uh, cup race Sunday. So I think the yeah. trucks in Xfinity are actually off. Yes, they are. I was just uh, just verify that. So just a real, real quick uh, sure. talk of Matt Crafton and Austin Hill. They won the truck races at Kansas last week. We didn't really get into that. And Brandon Jones took the win in the NASCAR Xfinity race. So we had some pretty good racing in those classes. That that was kind of neat. They had a double header there for the truck series. And Matt Crafton is great to see him break a uh, long. Uh, winless streak and uh you know he won the championship last year without having won a race mm-hmm. that, and, that, uh, that, so, which is a surprise yeah so that was there was some good racing and uh, those two series have uh produced some pretty good results this year and uh that's what they're meant to be developmental drivers you know coming up and uh so I look forward to seeing those those classes get back to action in a couple of weeks. Well, uh, Mike, before we go, I was looking here at the weather at weather.com, um, weather okay. channel, I should say. And for Sunday, they're in Loudoun, New Hampshire. They are expecting partly to mostly cloudy, uh, a high of 86 degrees, winds uh, south at 10 to 15 miles an hour, uh, humidity at 63%. Um, there you go, humidity. Yeah, and they say they're now, you know, of course the race will be during the day, so get that over with, but there's a 20% chance of rain uh, during the daytime. But then once you start getting to the evening time, the humidity goes up to 87%. They are expecting thunderstorms, chance of rain 50%. So that is as of today, as you know, just like uh, – the weather is crazy and that could change. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But um, as of right now, shoot, I would, I'd take 86, but 86 on the, on, uh, in new England is very different, but the humidity is different too. So um, anyhow, but anything else you got going on this weekend? No, just going to sit around and watch the NASCAR race. And um, we talk about rain. We had a little rain come through San Antonio and Floresville area before we went on the air tonight. It's a, it's a crisp, 78 degrees in South <laughs> Texas right now, and and there's a light rain. It feels like 78 degrees, so the feel-like temperature is the actual temperature. So uh, we have 80% chance of rain tonight, so it's good that we got a little rain here in Texas. We actually had a little cold front come through today, Dawn. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, mm-hmm. but it came through your area and came down here. What is it up there in the DFW area? Right now it's uh, 79 where I'm at in Little Elm. Oh, wow. our, in the one degree cooler. <laughs> yeah, our, um, our high today was like 89 degrees. It was really nice. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, so... Um, and I think late July. Yeah, I think tonight we're supposed to get down in the 60s, like 67, 68, or something like that. So that'll be nice. Now we had a. It was weird last. Yesterday was awesome. I didn't see any chance of rain, and all of a sudden we started getting rain notices on our phone. And like at 11 o'clock, Mike, the loudest thunder I have ever heard in my life. It was like scary, scary thunder. Um, we had a huge storm roll through here out of nowhere and dropped wow. quite a bit of rain and like I said I mean loud thunder and lasted about 30 minutes and then moved out so uh, that was kind of the first thunderstorm that I've had living here in the new house and you know I'm real close to the lake and stuff too so I don't I I, I don't know what that means if that means you know <laughs> storms are different yeah. or whatever but um it was it was a little crazy there at about 11. Anyway, all right. Well, I, uh, Mike, I've had fun with you this evening. Next week, uh, we'll have the show up early in the week because um, I have visitor or a visitor coming next weekend. 
that I'm really excited about. My brother-in-law, one of my brother-in-laws from South Africa will be here. So I'm excited because my husband has not seen any of his family in four years. And I have not met any of them personally. So uh, in person yet. So it's going to be fun. John T will be here. Oh, good. Well, I hope you all have a great visit and a good time. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and Mike, really quick, before we go, I want you to do a plug for your daughter's business. So tell me really quick, because I find this very interesting. And I think that some of our listeners, well, I, I invite them to go and check it out. Okay, Don. So their business is called K&P Designs. Uh-huh. And they're making uh, bandanas for dogs. <laughs> and, and custom stickers and little bows and also um, scrunchies. scrunchies. So you, you can, they have a combination of different things that they're on the site. It's Their website is kpdesignstx.com. So kpdesignstx.com. They have a, a Facebook page. They have an Instagram page. You can follow them on Instagram. But they're doing um, customized stickers. My daughter will actually, if you send her a picture of their dog, of your dog, she'll draw it and then um, put the dog's name on it with the, with the stickers. She'll make stickers. Um, she has some birthday, uh, like a birthday box mm-hmm. that she does for the dog. It comes with a hat and some party favors, a bandana, uh, a little card that you can fill out for your dog. And it comes in a little gift box and a, a summer box with some uh little toys in there dog treats uh, uh, a customized uh, bandana you have your dog's name put on it as well but they have different styles they have the the bandanas that, that tie mm-hmm. or the, the collar slips through oh okay you actually put the collar through and then and it stays those are the ones that will stay on the dog better and because you just slip the collar through like a little sleeve but they have different ones so and they they've been they launched it <laughs> last friday and dawn i've been going making several trips to the um the post office i'm doing all the mailing form and everything and they have the orders are flying off the shelf and tonight they did a happy hour where they had a 15 percent off all the merchandise and uh they had all kind of sales so they're uh uh it's my daughter and, and her friend shay uh, courtney and shay and these are their dogs and what's neat is uh shay's dog is kaya and then and Courtney's dog is Paisley, but Kaya is the mother to Paisley. Oh. And then if you look at the picture on their uh, Instagram page, you can definitely tell it's mother and daughter dog. And so uh, the girls are having fun there. They both recently graduated from Texas A&M, and this is just a little side business that they're doing. But, Dawn, it's taken off, man. It's it's um, They're doing really well, so... <laughs> Well, good. Thank I know I, I shared and, and posted it on Facebook and I, I definitely plan on, in fact, uh, I might try to get on this evening and, and put an order in, but uh, I want to get a bandana and stuff for definitely for Willow. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. So, all right. Well, I wanted to make sure that we put that out there uh, for, for well, thank folks. you. Absolutely. You know, never this thing takes off. We're going to go to them for sponsorship. So that's right. They're <laughs> going to be our lead sponsor. <laughs> All we'll right. Get a, you'll get a kickback from get some bandanas for the dogs. Sweet. <laughs> 
Well, they have to be adjustable because this one that I have, the horse that I have now, uh, she keeps growing the way she does. I can't buy anything for her because she'll grow out of it too soon. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been using, she had been using the harness for jewels and now it's too big for her or too small for her. So now I got to go get like the next size up, a medium size, and then she'll have to go up to the, it's just going to be crazy, but pretty soon I'm just going to saddle her up. <laughs> <laughs> so all right mike well you have a great weekend uh yourself we will touch base early next week folks uh you guys have a great weekend make sure you wear your mask stay safe and uh if you're there in that hurricane possible hurricane area definitely make sure you stay safe batten down the hatches uh my son is preparing up there in norfolk virginia for this yeah, right now <laughs> go right by him yep so uh he is on hurricane watch as we speak too so uh, you guys have a great weekend and we will see you next week or actually we might even see you as soon as Monday or so with the uh, post-race audio and stuff after the New Hampshire race. So uh, absolutely. All right, guys, take care. Have a great weekend.